everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined, of course, yeah, by the other guy, my brother, Jacob Johnson. Mo, the dude, that was a weird way of saying it. <laughs> the other guy on this here show, I just get tired of saying the same thing over and over again, and sometimes when I try to break out of... The re- repetition, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So doesn't today... Work. There's a reason we do things. <laughs> You're like, there's the a reason there's way. a script. All you have to do is read it. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's right here. I'm looking at it right here. <laughs> it's right. It's right there. Didn't you learn English? Um, so today we are revisiting a topic we discussed two weeks ago that uh, we've decided... Well, no, we didn't decide this. Uh, they did. Uh, it needs re- revisiting uh, and updates. So that's going to that's gonna happen. Um, and, you know, this whole McCarthy being booted thing has been replaced by a series of debates, um, two of which will happen right here. Uh, one series of debate, but two different sides, at least. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting gonna be interesting jacob was texting me today several times like hey we haven't done this format before this is uh it's a little different trying something out here how's this gonna work let's we're gonna talk about this so we didn't talk about it so we'll see how it goes (laughs) (laughs) the interesting thing is that i'm the one who came up with the format and i was asking him how it was gonna go (laughs) really crazy part of this whole deal (laughs) um so we got that and then we've got what we always do which is we've got a theological wrap-up at the end which i wrote hopefully won't be super long i wanted to keep this one brief but uh, i called this one when relying on the lord is twisted into an excuse and so my premise here which i'll get into later but just to introduce you to the idea today as we discuss this as we debate this topic um so many people are tempted to say just rely on the lord just rely on the Lord, Jake. Why can't we just just rely on the Lord? You know, so all we'll all just just work out. So why do we have to sit back, to, relax, and yeah, just enjoy the ride? You know, just rely on the Lord. Um, well, uh, hopefully, as you're able to surmise from my tone. <laughs> um, it's an excuse. We use that all too often as an excuse. And so hopefully, uh, I mean to hit that head on today. Um, so hopefully I do that. Anyways, before we get into all this, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. Our passage this week is Psalm 110, not verse one, psych, verses two and three. That's right. Continuing when usually we quote 110.1, because that's God's favorite Bible verse, right? <laughs> Mentioned the most amount of times in the Bible. But this, these two verses are uh, also important. And actually, they relate very strongly, I believe, to what we're going to discuss today. Here we go. Quote, the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion, Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. And that's Psalm 110 verses 2 through 3. Easy for me to say. So um, this is not a long psalm. 
as far as Psalms go. It's actually a rather short one, but it's so powerful from start to finish. There's a rough spot too in the middle. If you read through this, you're going to be like, whoa, whew, that got, uh, that, that intensified rapidly. Um, but uh, this is definitely a um, short Psalm, but it's powerful. It's potent, right? So it starts out in verse one, um, but the Lord said to my Lord, uh, reign at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Wow. Okay. So there's conquering going on. There's reigning. There's, uh, there's this uh, Trinitarian theology happening here, right? We get the two, we get two parts of the Godhead. Um, and there's so much there and that's just one verse, <laughs> right? And then we get to verse two and the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion, rule in the midst of thine enemies. I think there's eight verses in this Psalm, eight or nine, something like that. Look it up. Um, I should have looked it up. I read through it. I don't remember how many exactly, but there's eight or nine, I, I think, seven or eight, something like that. Um, and and I look the, it the up whole... and there's 10. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. I did, I list three numbers and get, didn't get any wrong or any right. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, so, uh, the, so th this whole Psalm is one of, um, God taking victory, right? There's this conquering, there's this war, there's this waging of war that is painted in such a vivid picture in this Psalm. And then at the end, it talks about God after the conquest, drinking from the, from the brook. Um, here we see in, in verse three, there's the, um, the dew of thy youth, right? And that, that's expounded on later. There's the strength, the might of God, right? So all these things, what's the culmination? <clears throat> I want to focus on this middle bit right here, and then I'm going to move on. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. And then just before that, rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. So rule in the midst of your enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Um, we're going to expound a little bit more on what this what this means, what this is talking about. But as I was preparing the wrap up for today, I just I couldn't help thinking about this this part of the passage because we're going to be talking a lot about working within our enemies' camps, right? Working in territories that are hostile, and then this passage tells us what happens, right? Or this passage is calling for what we know will happen, which is the Lord rules in the midst of his enemies. So we'll be discussing this passage all week, but uh, I just thought this was absolutely fascinating. All right, let's move into our current events for today. Um, Jake, what the heck? There's updates. There's new things that have happened. Kick it off. What, uh, what are we looking uh, at this week? Oh boy, this is a hard one. So, coming into this, I thought this would be a simple conversation, but after opening it up, there is so much more to this, and so many facets, yeah. so many arguments, uh, that this was so hard to weed through. So, we really, I had to come up with this different format to kind of explain all this, and we'll we'll get into that, but let me give you a few bits of factual information uh i want to and and really like the best i can this is the best i can do with given all that's going on 
the majority of articles were basically hit pieces on certain people. So this is very confusing. However, I, I do want I want to start out this episode saying it, it, it should be broken out into at least two ends of this debate. There are really just two camps. And really, it's all based on whether or not voting to get rid of Kevin McCarthy was good. Um, to which, and really, like, that's, that's a hard question. And it's not necessarily that, because I do believe both sides say that getting rid of Kevin McCarthy, they want to get rid of Kevin McCarthy, but it's more about timeline and the whole reasons as to why. And that's where everybody differs. However, I'll, I'll keep moving on. Um, and with this new information, I kind of have to go back to the past episode that we talked about this, and that episode was two weeks ago. So I have to kind of go back to that and revise some things and give you a little bit more information on it so you can understand this a bit better. And so I hope that you've watched that episode that I was just discussing, that I was just speaking about. Uh, and because in that episode, I talk a lot about giving more context to this, to what I'm talking about here. And I won't go into it, all the details of what I discussed in that episode. So that episode is key to understanding what I kind of want to talk about. So, however, I, I have to come back to uh, that new information has surfaced and people are starting to see things differently because of this um because of this debacle so really i agree in that episode i agreed to the ousting of kevin mccarthy it is so crazy now that i don't know if i agree with that anymore <laughs> um for some context kevin mccarthy agreed to stipulations we we talked about that before that was the very first episode of this year uh, in order for Kevin McCarthy to get in, he had to agree to certain principles, stipulations. And some of those involved January 6th footage, right? Some of that um, to where he allowed Tucker Carlson, and we know that example, Tucker Carlson, to look at some of the footage. And he released, Tucker Carlson released some of that footage, um, to which then he was fired. Um, but, <laughs> and with that, uh, McCarthy also allowed certain other journalists to access that same footage. One such journalist being Steve Baker. Um, and he is essential to this conversation. Um, and of course, he he himself had footage that he couldn't release, uh, according to the DOJ. And the, he also grabbed some of the, the 40,000 hours of footage that the, that the DOJ had. I, I don't know if it's exactly the DOJ. Someone had it. The government had it. We'll just say the government had it. Yeah, maybe the um, Capitol Police or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but Steve Baker, right, at this point has put together enough footage to clear the whole or very large portion of the January 6th controversy. To, to at least all release up. several prisoners. Yes. Potentially. Yeah, yeah because it all revolved it, around the word of this one cop mm -hmm. who is... The key witness for, I think, like 11. Do you remember the exact number, Jake? Was it 11 prisoners? Something 11 like that. 11 sounds about right. I don't know exact, the exact number, but 11 sounds sounds right. Yeah. So this, yeah. this cop's testimony is the key witness for these 
these prisoners, not an insignificant yeah. number of people who are being held, who are innocent, uh, under false testimony from this cop. And this footage proves that the cop was lying through his teeth about mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. That's a little bit more information than I had, and that's very good. I, I think that's very important. Um, kind of, to me, it was like what this person, what Steve Day Baker is putting together is a documentary on all of this footage and stuff. And yeah. it's it's hard to tell exactly how much impact it will actually have, whether it will release all those people or if the judges in those certain court cases decide, eh, whatever, you know, so we don't know for sure if it could release all those people. However, there is the chance of, and I understand that point very well, there's a chance of releasing those people, which is very good. However, yeah. I want to give the other side, and and, and I, I say, we, I, we say this to say that that documentary was halted, was put to a stop because of the McCarthy ousting. Well, because here's the crazy thing. It's done. The project yes. they've been working on all year since they got that footage is done, ready yeah. to go. It's ready to go. Yeah. And they can't hit the button to release it because Kevin McCarthy was ousted. And so they no longer have permission. They were received a phone call from the House of Representatives or from wherever that said, hmm, since the guy who said you could have this is no longer in, in power, you no longer have the authority to use this, which means now they're just sitting on footage that could ex exonerate potentially 11 people. Yeah. And they can't do anything with it. It's ready to go. Yeah. It's just, ah, it's right there. It's right, right there. Yeah. To which, you know, of course the, the, it's like, Oh no, why did, why did we get rid of Kevin McCarthy? You know, that, and that is the other side that I want to bring up. This is the other side of the argument. <laughs> and, a lot of people, because of the ousting, they attack Matt Gates because it, Matt Gates is the one who started it. Um, however, I feel I feel like I should bring up uh, two facts. First, McCarthy, if not checked, would have added more money to the national debt. That the reason that he was kicked out was because of. And I discussed this all in that past episode uh, that I did two weeks ago. And I went into detail talking about that. So if you want to know more about that, go to that episode. But I won't discuss that here. However, it, it would have caused problems with the national debt, increasing inflation, causing more issues. Right. So they kicked him out because they didn't want that. And it's I don't I I don't know for sure if the if there was a suspension that could have been done. Uh, maybe, maybe they could have suspended it for a little bit longer, but it, it kind of seemed like... You brought up like a really good what? point that he broke what he was supposed to do. Yes. Right? He broke his deal, and so mm -hmm. they upheld their end of the deal, which yeah. was, you don't they listen to us. Word. Yeah. We catch a whiff of anything, you're gone. And they did. And then he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, they held his feet to the fire. It's, it's yeah. very... Then that's what makes through, this hard. Is what they did. They followed yeah. through. They said, you know what? We're serious. Yeah. So you got to respect them for that. Yes. And, and with that, McCarthy, and this is this is the point, McCarthy had, went against several of the stipulations or principles that they brought up to elect him in. So, yes, they, 
they then held his feet to the fire and said, hey, this is an issue. Uh, you went against this. Now we hold up our end of the deal. You're kicked out. So both sides have some decent points. And I, I kind of, I did kind of set up both arguments in a sense there. Um, yeah. But I know Bruce and I, not necessarily that Bruce and I are on two ends of this conversation. I think both of us are like, we can kind of see both points. And not to not to totally speak for Bruce here, but at least for me, it's been hard to try and put this into a document or into, you yeah. know, into an episode that, like this. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just, Steve Dace brought this up on his show. He actually... He interviewed Steve um, Baker. Was that his name, Jake Baker? Baker? Yeah. Who was the guy who created this, um, who has this footage, who created this documentary, all this stuff, right? So I listened to this interview where he was describing this. The one thing that Steve Day says, he said over and over again, which I think makes a lot of sense. He was talking to a lot of other fellow panelists. And it's the fact is that there's a huge lack of strategy, Right. Like there's just, mm -hmm. there's not a plan. It was purely reactionary. It was, oh, he, look, he did what we knew he was going to do from the beginning. 10 months ago, we knew he was going to do this, which is why we put in this contingency. All right. Pull the trigger. Yeah. And now the fallout seemingly is like, well, I did my job. See y'all later. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it's just that the lack of, of planning, the lack of let's think this through. Yeah, we need to pull the trigger, but we've had 10 months to come up yeah. with something better. Where is it? Like, where's mm -hmm. the next best guy? Jim Jordan? No, clearly it wasn't him because he dropped out after two votes. <laughs> so clearly he wasn't part of the plan. Uh, okay, who else? Oh, like we're, we're just we're, what the heck, guys? We We have no contingency we have no structure we have no we're just we're just so so darn reactionary now to be fair uh, sorry jake i didn't mean to cut you off to, to be fair when we react in this case we've we've reacted you know like we're like -uh, 15 votes you know we're gonna draw this out and when we do vote you in it's gonna be good you know like so to be fair that reaction was initially good but it just feels to me like a flash pan. You know this from cooking, right? What do you get every once in a while? You get like this, like in a pan with oil that's just cooking with different things. And it's just every once in a while, it's like a flash. And it's just those are the flashes that we get politically with the Republican Party, except they're getting less and less and less and less big until finally it's like we're just excited about anything now, really. And then in between the flashes, there's nothing. There's no action. So, like, we're rebuilding something that they just wash away immediately. Because, because what? Like, we're just, we're just reacting. We're just reacting. There is no long march through the, through the institutions for us. But there is for the other side. It's like, what the heck? Go, go ahead, Jake. Sorry. Yeah. To kind of clarify, what Bruce is talking about is... We're not just talking about one side or the other. We're talking about everyone. None yeah. of the Republican Party has has planned out. Yep. To, and I think Steve Dace's point is that Matt Gates didn't plan. But I would have to go even further and say, 
none of the Republican Party planned, or at least this contingent of the Republican Party didn't plan. There, there was no idea here. Like, in a sense, there was a, a plan sort of set up where, hey, we, we put in McCarthy, we have all these plans, and we have all these stipulations, and if he does that, if he doesn't follow them, gone. That was kind of the plan, or at least a crude version of a plan. And so, in a sense, that's what the plan was following, that small little thing, and no more discussion was done about it. Or maybe it was and just didn't work out. Because we have yep. no idea what's going on over there in Washington. It's yeah. crazy. And neither do they, apparently. No, no, they really don't. <laughs> but no I, one has I do, a clue. Yeah. So this kind of reaction is makes complete and total sense given given what's happening. What's given yeah. uh what the the lack of planning. Uh yeah. something my our mom always said, uh uh plan your dive, dive your plan. Right? So you when diving underwater, you plan your dive. You plan it and then you dive it. Then you do it. If you're just diving your plan and there's no plan, you're diving sporadically and who knows if you're gonna run out run out of oxygen. You're going in yep. willy nilly. Um, and if you make a plan another, Stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, it, with that being said, said, what we are seeing in both of these two sides, the the fact of, oh, well, we if we, if we kept McCarthy in, we would have been able to, um, we wouldn't have been able to free these people, which is vitally important, right? I'm not saying that that's a small issue at all. Yeah. Freeing these people is amazing. However, then you have the downfall. Well, now we're causing more national debt. Now we're causing more inflation. Now we're hurting the majority of American people. Still, yep. people's lives are, are still and hanging in the both balance. Of in these, both of these situations could have been averted had we, over the course of 10 freaking months, made some semblance of a plan. Said, mm-hmm. all right, here's a guy who we know is going to do the right thing, who's going to stick it out like McCarthy did for 15 freaking votes. And we're going to talk to as many Republicans and maybe Democrats behind the scenes and get them on board with this guy, no matter what, you know, make deals, whatever. Play the game, because that's what you do in politics, unfortunately. That's kind of how, how it's run right now, right? But get a good guy in there. And then you get the best of both worlds. Then you get the footage released. And then you get the... The, the stimulus package declined, right? Then you then you don't get inflation. Like, you could have solved both problems. It didn't have to be an either-or. You let it. The Republicans, like Matt Gates, let it get to an either-or. It didn't have to be what it is, right? We didn't have to get to this fork in the road. We could have had both, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. If we were thinking ahead. So, all right. Well, uh, any finishing thoughts on the current events there, Jake, before I move into my theological wrap-up? Anything you got? Nope. Nope. All right. Hopefully hopefully, hopefully, this worked out and our audience uh, enjoyed this kind of, I don't know, uh, this format, even though yeah. it wasn't formatted, this format. A little less uh, stats thrown out here and a little more, hey, let's ponder this for a second. Yes. Um, yes. So... 
What I hope is apropos to our entire conversation, I want to talk about when relying on the Lord is twisted into an excuse. When, when we can say to ourselves, hey, we don't have to plan, just rely on the Lord. It'll all work out. I have three sections. Relying on the Lord is our duty as Christians. Then why not working is not relying on the Lord. And then working for the high king. So first, relying on the Lord is our duty as Christians, as Reformed Christians, which if you're listening to a show called The Reformed Dissenters, hopefully you fall into that camp. If you don't and you're like, what the heck is this Reformed thing you're talking about? Hey, shoot us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd love to chat with you. Leave us a comment, uh, whatever. There's a message on our website, message uh, form, trdshow.net. Send us a message. We'd love to talk to you if you don't know what Reformed theology is. Uh, but I think probably most of us are Reformed Christians. We believe in Calvinistic, a, a Calvinistic understanding of our salvation, which begins with our total depravity, right? We understand that. Our hearts are desperately wicked and uh, above everything else. They're deceitful, as Jeremiah 17, 9. And they're mysteries to us. We don't understand us. They, we don't understand them, right? We don't understand our, our own hearts. They're confusing because of our sin and our wickedness. So they're... Uh, they're desperately wicked, they're deceitful, they're confusing, they're chaotic. We can't understand our own hearts. That's how bad our, our hearts are now, right? Now, providentially, this is a truth that many, many, and I, I think the majority, most, within the Reformed faith understand and hold to. That's providence right there. That's tremendous. That's really good. But unfortunately, many people combine this theology with a pessimistic view of the future. And anytime you combine <laughs> any theology, no matter how good it is, with a pessimistic view of the future, you're going to get some weird, wacky, and sometimes very detrimental results. And that's what we see here. Um, they run to the opposite side of the spectrum, right? They believe that rather than working to restore this world, Christians can only rely on God, quote, to do everything without the need of us working to Christianize things like big tech, the House of Representatives, or even your local mayor's office, right? We're supposed to Christianize those things. But um, we believe, oh, they believe, oh, we just rely on God. We don't really have to do all those things right? He'll do it for us. Um, and that's true. But we're talking about the mode here, the mode of how that gets done. They might say this, here's a hypothetical statement, right? God couldn't possibly expect us to Christianize all those things. I mean, could he, could he have us do that? I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it work to just live within the world and try to go about my daily tasks like a good Christian who, who fits in well. I mean, making waves doesn't really sound like it would bring many people to Jesus. Uh, and it doesn't seem like the Bible tells me how to, how to do business or law anyways. So why, you know, why ostracize people and separate myself if it doesn't really even demand that? The bride of Christ places such a low importance on applying the law of God to all of life. We spend far too much time relying on our own wisdom or life experience, rather than, uh, rather, we should be talking about the Bible when we sit in our houses, when we walk around town, when we lie down, when we rise, right? That's what we're commanded to do in Deuteronomy. We should be able to repeat the psalmist's words when he says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. Psalm 119, 97 through 98. Rather than concocting our own ideas about how the world should go around, we should go directly to the creator of the universe and ask what his word has to say. We shouldn't trust ourselves in anything, 
not our philosophies, not our business tactics, not our relationships, families, and certainly not our civil governments, and most certainly not our own salvations. Nothing can be done properly apart from relying on the Lord and his word. Quote, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, the ultimate example of relying on the Lord. But here's why not working is actually not relying on the Lord. The Christian faith is all about action, not just words. Quote, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. James 2.18. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. The one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who does, he will be blessed in his doing. James 1.22 and, and verse 25. Go ye therefore, go therefore. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Lots of action there, right? When we aren't actively working for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, those words from the book of James should convict us. And additionally, John says, quote, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. 1 John 2, 4. If we're truly relying on the Lord, we will be about his work and full to overflowing with the desire to do so. Quote, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2, 10. Finally, I'll wrap up with this, working for the high king. Discuss. So I want to discuss how our daily lives, we are, we are kings and queens under Christ. The original intention of man was for him to take dominion over everything on this earth. And while sin marred that intention, that is ultimately man's still man's task. Right? It's ultimately our task to still take dominion over this earth, just like God created us to do. It's just that now, apart from Christ, we're not capable of doing that. We can't. We aren't whole. But now, in Christ, our original purpose can be carried out in a magnificently renewed way. Christ has made us fellow heirs with him, Romans 8.17, and has renewed our original nature so that we can now rule under him on this earth. This is what we were saved to do to put to death the works of the flesh and get busy working for our king. And this is Psalm 110 all the way through. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen, shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall uh, wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up the head. So that gives you that full passage of what we were just describing earlier today.
All right. Um, Jake, final thoughts. We're two minutes over, but uh, any quick 30-second things you wanted to add or should we just wrap it up, wrap it right up? <clears throat> uh, very decent. Also, there are seven verses, as you see, in that ah, there uh, are passage. Seven. <laughs> yes. But yes, um close. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um I think to tie this back to what we were discussing in the political You like the to do current that. events. I mean, it's almost like this was supposed to be a wrap up for the current events or something. Like what the heck? Why do you <laughs> what? But in a sense, like doing work and part of that work, how do how do we how do we start work? How do we do work effectively? We have to plan first. You got to plan out your day, plan out your yep. work, plan out what you do. Your yep. work is not just, oh, I'm just going to throw this hammer over there and hopefully it hits a nail. Uh, yeah. No, you got to go over <laughs> to the hammer, walk yeah. over to the nail, nail it in. There's a plan there. There's an idea. Yeah. yeah. Not a large plan, but there's a plan. So things have to be planned out. Things have to be thought through, hopefully through a biblical perspective. Yep. Amen. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. We're breaking down the next few chapters in the book. If you missed our calendar and you want to know what chapters those are, go to our social media pages, any of them, Gab, Instagram, Facebook, Getter, Twitter. Uh, we're on a ton of places. So trdshow.net has links to all those places. So follow us there. And uh, yeah, get up to speed on the books where the chapters are breaking down on Wednesday. And then we've got a discussion topic coming up, Jake, on Friday, which is going to be Really cool. So stay tuned for that. That's also on the calendar. And uh, we're actually going to have our dad join us for that I discussion. I should have just so, left a special guest. A special guest. <laughs> I spoiled it. Well, anyways, you don't want to miss our Friday episode. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you then. And uh, remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>